Hello and welcome to Buddha and the Body Coach. I'm Alexandra Stone and here with T. Proctor. So who's the Buddha? And so I come to show you. We're here to talk about the things that matter, what makes your life more meaningful and fulfilled. Oh, I'm so glad to know you. So glad to help you throw those fears away. I'll let the sunbeam shine from me. I will light up the hills and then I'll be a part of all you see. So welcome everybody to a very windy Northern California on the coast today. T, what are values and why do they matter? That's our subject today. Right. So... Before we even start talking about values and what they are and why they matter, let's just remember that this is a territory that the inner critic and the judge can absolutely come and rip you apart. So we want to be careful ourselves when we're talking today, and we want to make sure that the people that are listening to this are careful not to take this and use it to beat themselves up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like values could be should be a, a really good nourishing thing in your life, but you know we need to be a little bit flexible with them and understand that we're human, <laughs> and that often these values are ideals. You know, they're they're anchors. They kind of keep us steady, but that we are going to go off course sometimes, and they kind of pull us back to center. Right, and values, of course, have to do with our own sense of integrity. And somebody said something to me once about people who have gotten off track, maybe even uh, got criminals. And she said, see the logic of why they left their integrity. See the logic of why they left their integrity. And that, for me, has really informed my work because as I've come to understand it, when we're not living from our values, from our sense of integrity, there's usually some very logical reasons for that. Sometimes we have to do some work and find out what those reasons are because they're subconscious. But from my standpoint, a human being who has left their integrity is largely blameless for that. Yeah. Uh, Well, I was just going to jump in and say, well, actually, there's also a lot of creativity which was born out of chaos <laughs> it's one of the laws of the universe <laughs> so i think sometimes you know we can maybe be living a good life what we determine to be a good life but the 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 we're living by the values of the culture and they don't really feel aligned with us so much so we might go off on another path <laughs> which um you know, it may not it may not be something which feels like we're truly aligned with. We may be out of integrity for a while, but then out of that chaos, you know, something else is born. So we need some kindness and some space in relating to ourselves. That's what we're trying to say here. And on to what are values and why do they matter? Yeah. First of all, a simple definition of values is one's judgment of what is important in life. Mm-hmm. And we have a Coast Guard helicopter, so let's <laughs> pause that. 
so yeah i've thought about this one a lot and i think that you know values really give us a sense of purpose and an ability with which to navigate life right so let's talk a little bit about how values give us purpose and the ability to navigate life well i think when we have a valuable life we also have a meaningful life and it's really important that human beings have a sense of meaning in their life you know without that we're really going to struggle when we hit hard times and you can guarantee at some point in your life you will hit a hard time right and you had mentioned something from the work that Viktor Frankl had done around man's search for meaning. Yeah, in the concentration camps they found the people who not only survived but thrived after their time in the concentration camps were people who found meaning inside the camps themselves and they found that by maybe mending people's clothes, you know, making sure that other people had food, um, some sort of job that gave them a sense of their humanity. And so when we, we look at that a little bit closer, we can see that, you know, the values of kindness, caring, service, we're coming forwards. And so this sense of meaning gave them a sense of their humanity. And in the middle of a concentration camp, when the whole point was to remove their sense of humanity. Right, and I would say that in the deeper sense of humanity, we have a sense that we're connected, and we have a sense that life is precious. Yeah. And in a situation where it's actually engineered to say that life is not precious, your life is not precious, to find meaning within that, is probably one of the great gems of our human existence. Mm. Hopefully none of us will have to go through such a severe thing. It's unimaginable. But we all will face hardship. And the sense of purpose, the sense of meaning and our own values, knowing them deeply and having lived them, gives us a coherent sense of who we are as human beings and gives us a feeling of ground yeah yeah we we just can't really know who we are unless we really know what we value and just think about the word value valuable it's kind of a treasure you know so it's sort of the the treasure of our lives and what we're doing with our lives right and so to know who we are and then to move from that knowing of who we are, knowing our utmost values, and then to live from our values, to actualize our values, is one of the highest aims of a human being. Ah, yes. So you, are you referencing Maslow there? Because I think he does put that at the top, self-actualization. Right, and, and so we'll talk about our hierarchies in a bit. I want to, first of all, just get a little sense of what values are on the ground. And uh, the way I've differentiated it here is as external and internal values. And this is really a, a place 
where we could fall into a lot of judgment. So again, the warning about that. Our culture is very externally orientated. We don't have a great value placed on the monks who go into monasteries and develop their inner lives. Uh, we tend to place more value in our culture on things like what? Acquisition. Yeah. Well, achievement. Achievement. You know, getting an you, education. Right. But looks. Yep. Um, status. Status. Power. All the Instagrammable qualities. <laughs> well, they make better pictures. The Kardashian, <laughs> the Kardashian qualities. And like I said, that's actually okay to play at that. I think where we want to discriminate is that we also have internal values. And when we betray our internal values in pursuit of external values is when we get into trouble and we lose that sense of coherence that I was talking about. And now we're so immersed in the culture right now, it can be hard to tell what the difference is. It can be hard to tell what our internal values are. And I think it's a good point. Maybe you can just talk about a little of the on the ground work that you do with people around values and how you orientate them to their deeper internal values. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, this comes up when I coach people at the woman's body coach, and it's actually really, really important because I said at the very beginning, you can't really know who you are unless you know what your values are. And quite a lot of people have never even thought about that. So it's like, okay, so how are you navigating life? And you you're navigating life based on your parents' values, based on the values of the culture, and they're not necessarily yours. And so one of the big values at the Woman's Body Coach is empowerment. <laughs> and so, you know, what I'm bringing forwards in people is a sense of their own empowerment, their own autonomy, so that they can go out and, and you know, be in the world as a unique individual. And that is actually one of the values of Western culture, funnily enough. Um, so how this works, basically, it's, it's a real simple process, which takes a long time. <laughs> so I will either give them a values quiz, and you can actually find these quizzes all over the internet. So if you just type in values quiz, you could do it like this. Um, or, you know, I will give them a worksheet to do. They all kind of work in the same way. So let's say you have mm, a page filled with 50, 100 values and all of the, you know, their values. So you're going to like them all, but you have to choose 10 of them that mean the most to you. Okay. So you go through this process, you choose 10 and then you have to whittle it down to five. Okay. And then you look at these five and you keep these as your personal value set. And with clients, I would say, okay, keep them for a month and then we're going to revisit them and see how you're doing with those values. Uh, are you able to action them? Are these values, um, are they an ideal at the moment? Um, are they even your values? And m most of the time, you know, when people are new, they've never done anything like this. These values are going to shift, you know, over the course of a few months. So really it's about d digging to understand, you know, who you are, 
why are you here what motivates you that's super important in a coaching process because i want to know what really motivates that client and if they are in alignment with their deeper drives yeah and i know from my own work with people that simply being in a process like this is valuable to use the word again and that it's really okay to be in process and be learning and to be shifting with that because it's not about going okay these are my values once and for all forever and i'm going to live a life of these values this is a process of understanding yourself and as you said what what was the phrase you said i liked it quite a lot you said it's uh it's simple but it takes a long time yeah yeah so understanding oneself is it's a long game and it changes as we change it changes as our life circumstances change so I think at this point we could go back to what you mentioned about Maslow's hierarchy Mm. Um, and for those people that aren't familiar with it psychologist Maslow had this kind of triangle of needs that we all as human beings uh, build upon to evolve yeah and the way that I've described them, I, I'm not going to use the whole Maslow chart because it gets a little complicated. So I'm going I'm to break it down to a really simple set of three categories. The first category being survival, the second category being family or tribal needs, <laughs> and the third category being uh, global or even spiritual needs. And survival as the first need you can see that as basically the needs of the animal. It's very much in common with all the animals on the planet. We need a safe place to live. Food. We need food. Mm-hmm. We need so to reproduce. We need to reproduce. <laughs> that's that's good to remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise let's, we die let's out. Let's not forget that species. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even animals have a little little fun here. <laughs> So, um, and, you know, again, we need to be safe and secure. And then we start to come into higher animals, mammalians, if we want to call them higher animals. And they start to have needs around family. And as humans grow, not only family is important, but the tribe is important. And so you see, we get into family and tribal needs. We have need for connections. We have needs to see and be seen. Intimacy. Soothing one another, co-regulating one another. Uh, These are all viable needs and needs that need to be met, hence they're called needs, (laughs) in order to move on to higher stages of human development. A couple more of them are uh, a sense of a coherent narrative. So a sense that uh, the people that you live with and the culture that you live within makes sense to you. So that's the family, the tribal mm. needs. We're in trouble now then, aren't we? We are in trouble. Actually, I, was, I, I paused a minute because I didn't want to go down that road. <laughs> but that is yeah. why you see a lot of tribalism in our culture. And, and you see that tribalism can be very be very fickle. It doesn't really run in traditional tribes. We can make up a tribe today and then have a, a large coherent coherence to that tribe uh, 
in 10 years from now or even three weeks from now. So that, that's actually a good point because I want to bring in at each of these stages there could be pathological developments. You know, Howard Hughes had everything a man could possibly need uh, in terms of resources for his survival, yet he became tremendously uh, paranoid and uh, reclusive yeah. lest anything damaged his survival. So he became pathologic. I mean, he's kind of the, the avatar of survival pathology. We can, and, and I think it's pretty obvious, but we can become pathologic around family and tribalism, family and tribe. And that can include having distorted views, that can include the feeling that uh, our tribe needs to eliminate or do violence against another tribe. Uh, these are all pitfalls and pathologies. So saying that we have a certain survival stability and then a certain stability with our family and tribe, a natural next development is to see things more globally, is to become more globally focused. And by globally, I don't just mean the globe of the world, but more comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And that, that global or spiritual need uh, starts to have some of the more transcendent values. So for instance, where we see that all the life on the planet matters, all the life on the planet has value, whether we're talking about a forest or a frog or another group of human beings across the globe who will never meet we start to have a sense of global value and we start to even maybe see our place and our impact in terms of the global perspective. Yeah, whereas if you're just looking for your next meal, then it's really hard to to even think about that. Like, I mean, you're not going to, and they, they've actually proved this over and over again. When they look at, when, when the society develops to a certain level where they have a lot of the basic needs covered, they will start to look at the environment and their impact on it. That's just one example, you know, but I, that really ties in with the global view. And so actually the way to really slow down climate change, I don't think we're gonna stop it at this point, but slow it down is to make sure people have got enough so that they're not going, okay, look, we're not going to survive in, you know, in another two weeks if we don't get food or water or whatever it is. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell our land or we're going to farm our land at whatever cost to the environment and to the world in and of itself. Right. So you're not going to talk global warming and their carbon footprint with somebody whose house is burning down. Exactly that, yeah. So as we develop... As we have some stability, we move into this realm of the global or the spiritual values. And I think that those are really the values that we work with in self-actualization, in spiritual actualization, whether you're working with people in that as a coach or whether I'm working in guidance with people around these values. I want to... Um, share another trilogy of ideas that uh, is called the, the Platonic Ideals and, and this will come up from time to time because I think it's very simple to access and we could call these perhaps the Platonic Values. Mm, I'm talking about Plato, <laughs> the philosopher. <laughs> That's right. And, and the Platonic 
ideals, the Platonic values, are of truth, beauty, and goodness. And the idea there is that, he also calls them the ideas, they're called the transcendentals. Those things transcend anything that is material. Uh, our collective sense, and even our spiritual sense of truth, transcends a material truth about even uh, whether 4 plus 4 equals 8 or it equals 9. It's a sense that there is a truth and an order to life and the universe, ourselves and our world. And then when we know that there is truth in the world, we can recognize beauty. And this goes back to uh, the dancing, the dancing in the rubble or the artwork in the rubble. Well, yeah, so um, we were talking about earlier about finding meaning, you know, and in the middle of destruction. So another example of that we were talking about earlier was um, the dance school in Syria. And this guy, he basically in the middle of a of a war where buildings are just being destroyed around them. There are bombs literally going off and they're just dancing. He's, he's teaching a dance class inside this, this school. And so, you know, the obvious value there is for beauty and goodness. And that transcended the destruction around them. And not only did it transcend the destruction around them, it hit us in the heart. Yeah. People who saw that or saw uh, people in Syria doing puppet shows for little kids or saw a beautiful mural or a sculpture come up in the midst of all that rubble, that was the use of beauty as a transcendental or universal value that we all understand and recognize in our gut and in our heart. Mm. Um, and I think that we, we're all inspired by that because we also, all of us understand that when our survival is under attack, it's very difficult or it's more difficult to access those transcendent values. Right, and so that goes back to the fact that it is our values and it is our clear sense of our values that carry us through the most difficult times. So moving on from truth and beauty, we have the value of, or the ideal of goodness, the sense that there is goodness. And, you know, I think sometimes the easiest place to find this is in nature. Mm. <laughs> I think of, like goodness, I think we have these beautiful trees where we live, we live in the redwoods and these giant thousand year old plus trees that, that go over 300 feet tall and there is, in a forest with one of these trees, a sense of truth, the fact of the tree, the truth of the tree. There is a sense of beauty, the undeniable beauty of these forests, of these trees. And then as you rest and resonate with the truth and the beauty of that, you see the goodness of it. You see the goodness of that tree and you feel the goodness of the tree 
and it impacts you, the goodness mm. of that tree. Yeah, and often they feed us, and well, they give us oxygen. So <laughs> right, and then so we know scientifically, yeah. right, some, something about the goodness of the tree too. And then we learn about ecosystems and, and how one tree is feeding all the other trees, even if it's not the trees of the same species, perhaps. Uh, there's a great documentary about that, by the way, about the trees. But so... Put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we can find that, yeah. So now we have a sense of goodness. So we're talking about truth beauty and goodness and if any of these things are resonating with somebody who's listening right now you will feel those things in your body you will feel a sense of that you know perhaps in your spine your sacrum in your heart those transcendentals as as plato called them are the source of our values and there could be other things we could we could use other terms or phrases to point to these transcendentals but these are the source of our values. So we may value beauty and it may become very externalized so that we value uh, very much just ourselves when we look a certain way. A big booty. <laughs> the beauty <laughs> of a big booty. <laughs> booty beauty. That's funny. One of my clients, she said, isn't it so ridiculous everybody talks about big booties? <laughs> but that's become a value. And if we see that maybe within that value is our love of beauty. It does a couple things. It, it reminds us that the value is deeper than the actual appearance. And it, re it relieves us a bit of having to rely on the appearance to give us a sense of value because we have an inner desire for beauty. We have an inner resonance with beauty as it is. That's a nice way to put it, an inner resonance. Because of, of course, like external beauty, it will change, and not just with age, but you know, you know, a lot of things that life might throw at you. Well, the culture too, because <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. big booty wasn't Big Booty wasn't on the radar, so to speak, <laughs> in 1993. No, no, it wasn't. It was very much a pancake booty. So, <laughs> so exactly, yeah. So, you know, we're always trying to keep up with the Kardashians. You know, it's... We I, should make a show about that. <laughs> well, it, I mean, look, it is keeping up with the Joneses, right? It's just, that's all <laughs> that it is, is yeah, you know, looking yeah. across at your neighbor's lawn. Um, and what is that saying? It's uh, the grass is always greener, but don't forget to mow your own lawn or something like that, isn't it? Something like something that. Something like that. Something it's like not, that. not quite like So, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're pointing to is the possibility that our external values can come to reflect more of our most intrinsic internal values. In, in this case, I'm using truth, beauty, and goodness. Uh, in your work, you can find your own. You can name your own. Yes. Well, I was going to ask you actually, T. Where is uh, truth, beauty, and goodness? Are they the values of being real? You know, that's a good question. I I haven't spoken specifically. I use truth, beauty, and goodness often because I feel that they're very accessible being real 
to me is a value and that's why I named my work being real um, so many years ago being real to me means that our being is real that our beingness has value that our that the fact of us just like the fact of the tree has value uh, when we go to the tree we experience the most value from the tree by letting it be by not asking anything from the tree by not having to necessarily cut down the tree you know that that happens too but to be in the presence of the tree mm. and so our being which is a presence is the ultimate value of being real mm. so you know when you were talking then you got totally lit up <laughs> that's exactly how it should be when you are connecting with your value system that's how you could hear T's voice then you could probably hear the passion coming through and you know in the in the midst of struggle that's going to be really important because T knows what his values are and why he's here and what he's bringing forwards in the world right and I think that's a really good point because what what you bring forward in the world has very much to do with how deeply seated you are in your own sense of values and frankly how connected you feel to your own value mm. yes to your intrinsic value and the woman's body coach I've you know I've worked I worked on these a lot it took me it's taken me years to really come up with you know what it is that I'm truly valuing and my main value is of course health we talked a lot about that on another podcast. I mentioned empowerment, but also compassion. That's a really mm. a big part of the woman's body coach. Self-growth. You can probably hear that on this podcast. Or self-development, self-determinism. Excellence. And I also, you know, really value teamwork, you know. So... Those are a big part of my own personal value set, but also the business. Right. So I'm curious now. You've you've listed off those values. How? First of all, how does it feel inside to talk about those values, to bring those forward, and to speak them into the microphone? Well, it feels good. That's the first thing, and it makes it makes me feel happy. Like I'm smiling now. I'm smiling inside. There's a kind of giddiness when I talk about those values. I also feel centered and I get this kind of, uh, this sense of, okay, so when I'm out there in the world and I get a little bit lost because I'm human, I can come back to these values and I can ground myself through them. You know, as an example, I'm gonna give you an example. So my, hi my highest value is health, right? But then a lot of people that I'm working with, or even with myself sometimes, we might also want to work on aesthetics. So that might come in as a value. Now they can conflict. So for instance, I might say, oh, you know, I really want to get a boob job. And this is no judgment for anybody who gets a boob job. But then I look at what the, the health risks might be. And so I think, okay, there's a, there's quite a large health risks there. My highest value is health, so I'm going to say no to the boob job. 
okay? So it's like aesthetic or health, aesthetic or health. Okay, now the value of health kept me on my path, right? So that's how it works. And when we stride forwards and we're, we're out in the world, we can, we can get lost and we can get lost in the cultural values and our friends, you know, we can meet cool people and they have different values and we get caught up in them. And then we see the Kardashians and we think, well, I want those lips and <laughs> I want those clothes, you know, but that may not necessarily really align with your deeper value of compassion, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, or you might have a value of clarity and a value of peace and a value of um, order. And those those values might land you in a little bit quieter life than a life that's out pursuing uh, a lot of gain and a lot of uh, prestige, mm -hmm. for instance. So Alex, let's just go back and remember some of the things that you, some of the ways that you help your clients find their values. Yes. So as I said a little bit earlier, there are lots of things on, on the internet. You just type in values quiz and you will find a quiz, there's loads of them, that will help you start to go on that treasure hunt to find out what your values are. So, like I said, you're gonna get a whole list of, of words and you will like all of them because they are, they're, they're, they're all values that we hold dear, but usually you're gonna to have to choose around about 10 of those and then you'll have to whittle it down. So let's say you end up with five values, then go away and start to work with those values in your life practically, see how they are actioning themselves. And if they're not actioning themselves, start to really explore that, like what's going on? You know, I've got a value of kindness, but I'm being really unkind to myself all the time. Maybe I'm being kind to people around me, you know, but I have a very um, unkind internal voice, you know, and so how can I bring that value of kindness inside myself how can I start to work on that so when somebody checks in with you they can see how their actual life may be conflicting with some of their deeper values yeah and actually sometimes it's when, it's when we talked about internal and external values because sometimes you can have a value but then the way that that value is playing out is conflicting with your deeper value it's the same value but it's where you're putting it. So uh, I have one client and she has a value of acceptance. But what she was doing was externalizing her acceptance. So she was giving it to everybody else. Can I be accepted by the group? And this was giving her a sense of social anxiety. Uh, she was giving herself away all of the time. And so what she came to realize is that actually what she wanted was to accept herself. And her highest value was actually peace. So she wanted to find a sense of peace within her own body and she could not do that 
when she was giving her acceptance away to, or rather as an external value. And so you can see how this starts to get a little bit uh, more detailed, you know, it's a bit more um, difficult, it can be a little bit messy. And so you can't, you know, you're not going to find your values straight away. Go on a journey with it, you know, listen to podcasts like this. There's a lot of stuff out there to really help you to get a bit deeper because you're going to find probably, you know, at first, a lot of your values are those external ones or they're ones that come from your tribe, the ones that come from the culture at large, not necessarily yours. And even when you find yours, you might be externalizing them. So also just having someone to check in with about your values and and have some mirroring around that, it sounds yeah. like. It's really important. Uh, really, it's super important because it's hard to do actually by yourself. It's, it's this process of teasing it out, you know. And so when you've got somebody there guiding you through it, then, you know, it's something you've got to show up for, for one. You can't, <laughs> you can't just go unconscious. And uh, yeah, you have you have to be there, and that person can really help guide and, and, and mirror through that process. And just remind, yeah, yeah, people of their values. Yeah, so that's another thing. So once somebody gets their values and they feel kind of happy with them, then you know we go a couple of months down the line, and then as a coach, I can say, hey, you know, oh, let's go through your values. Are you feeling aligned with these values? Is there any other values that are coming in right now? Are there any conflicts happening? And so this keeps you know my clients anchored and it keeps them centered and grounded in meaning and purpose. Mm. Mm. I feel good actually hearing you talk about meaning and purpose. It gives me a sense of groundedness, uh, a sense of connection with my seat and it reminds me that when I'm working with people around these questions, I'm very much having them engage with their body and their heart. Hmm. And first of all, the body, feeling what the body has to say, where the body is, is blocking or restricting the flow of energy, uh, feeling what nourishes the body, what what happens when we do experience something real or something good, true, or beautiful in our bodies and using those resources so that, first of all, we have some base states that we can return to and remember when we have some difficulty or even some trauma. Having some base feelings of goodness, some basic feelings of goodness in our bodies but more than that, using the body as kind of an antenna to tell us when we're going off course, mm-hmm. when we're leaving our system of values, when we're maybe, uh, how uncomfortable it is to have given our values over to another system that, that maybe doesn't resonate with our own sense of values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's a sense of deadness, you know, if you're not if you're following a value system that doesn't truly align with you. And I, I remember that from, you know, the early days of my business when I was really trying to figure out, you know, what, what why I wanted to do that and what I wanted to give to the world. 
and I was going through, you know, these all these different words and sort of trying them on, like clothing. And I'd be like, oh, I would love that to be my value, but it just isn't. It just doesn't resonate, you know. And so that sense of resonance in 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 your body, you heard it in T's voice before when he was talking about being real. There should be like this giddiness or an excitement, a passion coming forwards when you're really feeling that your life is aligned with your values and you're living from that. Right, and that passion is in your heart. That passion is the feeling of your heart. And uh, the heart here is that passionate center of feeling that's deeper than just emotion. It's, It's a real feeling like something matters, something has meaning. And when you have that meaning and that mattering and and that's bubbling in your heart, that's warming your heart, that's that's kind of fortifying your blood, so to speak, that meaning is how we move. That meaning is what, what fuels our movement into um, actualizing our values in our life. Mm-hmm because that's our drive. We could say that's our values drive even. Yeah, and no one can take that away from you either. That's a, an important piece because even in the concentration camps, you know, when they deconstructed their humanity, there was a, a purposeful intent to deconstruct their humanity. They couldn't take that away from some people. And... So there will always be people in the world who will try to disempower you. When you know what your values are and you have that sense of meaning and purpose, it gives you confidence in yourself. And that's even if you don't have the best car, the best house, and the boyfriend by your side, the longest legs or the biggest boobs or whatever, you know what you're about. And so you can stand up in a room full of other really awesome people with your head held high. And I think that segues beautifully into what I wanted to talk about because in my work of being real, we see value as an actual essence. Value is like goodness, truth, and beauty, a platonic ideal. Value is a quality of your being that you can know as yourself just like you can know the feeling of blood moving through your veins you can know the feeling of breath you can know the feeling of your heart you can feel a sense of value you can feel that you are of value that you're resting in value that being alive and being who you are is value and as you start to feel that deep sense of value it starts to resolve a lot of the deeper uh, ideas that are in our human psyches even ideas like original sin yeah wow even ideas of being kicked out of paradise the sense of our own value is a sense of paradise the sense of our own value, the essence of our own value. And then we were talking about values before, and I'm, I'm moving into the sense of actual value. The sense that 
the quality of our being comes forward as value to sit where you sit or stand where you stand and know that that feeling of I am here is a feeling immersed in value, <laughs> soaking in value, dripping in value. Yeah, and, and in your way with people, this is actually one of the major things that you do, isn't it? You help people to uncover that. Right, and there is a tremendous amount of ancestral, social, and personal conditioning that tries to rob us of our value. The original sin idea was one of them. Uh, different social hierarchies, social status, um, what you know, what group you were born into, what your family valued, and what your skills might have been. Ultimately, if we want to know value, if we want to really experience value in a lasting and permanent way, it has to be something of our being. Because no matter what we do or don't do, those are just things that are impermanent happenings in life. Our actuality, our realness, our being real is yeah. the deepest value. Mm. And that's not to say that once you find these values that everything is just going to you know, lay itself out for you because you're going to find that there are people who don't accept your values and it's, it's, it's part of the path of becoming an autonomous being and moving away from the tribal value and striding out by yourself and becoming a leader, um, you know, you are going to come up against people who don't like that. <laughs> One of my values, personal values, is brilliance. And, you know, that means kind of really using what you've got, you know, and shining that forwards in life. And we don't necessarily like that in British culture, you know, there's a whole tall poppy syndrome and people want you to sit down and to not stand out. And there is a price to pay for, for standing out. And in... you can hear the sharpness of that, the price <laughs> to pay. You can hear that. That's a cultural inheritance there. Price to pay. Exactly, but then, but when you have these values and you know that this gives you meaning, you're working with something bigger than yourself, you know, and so you you can you can stay true. That's lovely, and one of the values that we hope that we share in this podcast, in doing this podcast, is that we hope to be a support for people to feel their values, to feel their own value, to experience life as meaningful and ultimately precious. Mm, wonderful, yeah, and to know the goodness of life. Yeah. <laughs> to okay. know life as good, true, and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was great. Thank I you. enjoyed it. Yeah, and we'll check in next time. It would really mean so much to us if you enjoyed this podcast. Please rate, follow, and review us. Special thanks to Reed Anderson for our theme music. <laughs>